After two decades of conversations, there's always a story to share. 20 years of Cape Talk. Join the conversation. So as I've said, October means it's time to celebrate. Because the station turns 20 this month, every morning we're reflecting on one big story the station covered. And today we focus on the year 2001. The biggest story of that year was 9-11, the terrorist attack on the Twin Towers in New York City. Our program manager, Tessa Van Staden, was studying in New York at the time. And she remembers the day very vividly. Downtown because we were covering local elections in New York City as part of the master's program that I was studying at the time. And I left my apartment building with another student, Doug, from Canada. And Doug said to me, my editor's just called. Something is happening downtown. A plane has flown into the World Trade Center. And we got into the subway. We got out at 54th Street. And Doug and I started running downtown. And as we were moving towards the World Trade Center. We were walking past and running past New Yorkers who clearly had no idea of what had happened, who were going about their daily business. And then you could see the news starting to spread. Taxis stopped in the middle of the road, putting, putting their radios, their car radios on full volume. Uh, people were crying. And as we got closer and closer, we could see a lot of dust. I remember seeing the South Tower coming down there was a lot of screaming and crying, but what I most remember was later that afternoon, walking back uptown, and the streets of Manhattan were empty, eerily empty. There were no yellow cabs. There was no traffic mayhem. The sidewalks looked strangely forlorn, and there were groups of people huddling outside diners, outside apartment buildings, and the whole island seemed in shock. Wow. I mean, it takes you back. I was doing the afternoon show on Cape Talk at the time, and I remember Lance Clarkson was my producer looking at the screens, and we broke it on Cape Talk on that afternoon show. And we said, hey, something's happening. There must have been an accident. And I said, let's go live. The management were all in their offices. I said, let's go live. If I have to pay for this feed, I'll pay for the feed. Uh, and I know Lucia Fenter at the time. Um, Lucia was our station manager, and they all came running out. Charlotte Kilbane was uh, busy breaking this with me on air, and it was just unamazing. Uh, it was absolutely unbelievable and absolutely, sadly, in, uh, amazing as well to sort of stare at this and see what's happening. And I asked people to call in, and Rose Yud called in, said, my friend Ivy Lapin lives across the road. And we spoke to Ivy, and she says, I'm hearing jets flying over the building, Kino. And she looks out, and she says, I can see people jumping. I'm worried because my kids are on the other side of town. I don't know if they're safe. So these are all the things that unfolded. And, I mean, what a pleasure to welcome the former Cape Talk Breakfast host, Martin Bailey, who's currently working for the BBC in Cornwall. Martin, what in the world? It's so amazing chatting to you again. Likewise, and thank you very much indeed for inviting me, Kino. Now, Martin, what can you remember of the day? I know that you were on a roadshow for Cape Talk when the news attacks broke. Yeah, uh, like most businesses, we have to visit occasionally advertising agencies, and uh, a team got together to go up to Johannesburg to visit the various agencies there, and so we had based ourselves at our sister station, 702, in Johannesburg, and we'd just finished doing presentations. It was about 2.30, 2.45 in the afternoon. We'd made our way back to 702 Studios, and... 
as we walked in the newsroom, everyone was standing, staring at the screens. And we wondered what was going on, and we sort of grabbed a cup of tea and made our way over, and what had happened? Oh, no, there's been an accident, an aircraft has flown into... And literally, as somebody said that, the second aircraft flew into the Twin Towers. Yeah. And it was then that the realisation came across the newsroom. And, of course, news then started to come in about the other attacks that were happening on 9-11 to the Pentagon and the other aircraft that were coming down, and the mood changed dramatically. There was shock. But I have to say, it's a newsroom. The shock was for a very, very short space of time. And then people started to pick up phones and to phone friends and colleagues and members of the family who lived in or around the Twin Towers and to try and find out what was going on. The search then was for, was for information. Now, Martin, obviously you had hit the airwaves at some stage and this was going to be, and it was, the big story for weeks. Absolutely. How, how, how did you reflect that on air the following day? Well, it was very strange because I wasn't going to get back on air until the next morning because, of course, I was doing breakfast. You were on at the time doing yep. the afternoon programme. You were to be followed by John Matham, yep. who was on air. And I have in my hand my notes from the day wow. uh, because what I did is as John was on because I... You didn't want to lose the moment, as strange as that sounds. And I started to write my introduction to my program the next day, saying, you know, that I had watched the first news of the attack in America in the newsroom of 702 in Johannesburg, and it was like watching a movie. How do we or the Americans or anyone react to what has happened? What do you say? How can you even begin to comprehend the horror for those that were in the aircraft, on the ground, in the buildings that were attacked? Americans, of course, up till then had always been rightly proud of what was, until Oklahoma, I suppose, an unblemished record in the face of world terrorism. Now how must the ordinary American feel? What of those who were uncertain of the fate of their family and their friends, their children, their brothers, sisters, husbands, mothers, the fate that had befallen them? And the repercussions of this series of attacks, unimaginable. We have no idea to the hundreds or thousands of deaths, and of course that turned out to be thousands the effect on all humanity, the realisation that no one, no one is safe anywhere ever again. The toll in lives must be our first concern. Those who have died and those who have lost, our hearts go out to them. The sense of grief is numbing. Above and beyond that, our world will never feel the same again. The after-effects of this horrendous attack will be felt in more ways than we can ever imagine. And that was how I started my programme the next morning, on the 12th of September, 2001 at Cape Talk. Wow, I'm listening to that and I'm already missing you, right? So Bless you. Uh, uh, do you remember who you interviewed? Do you know? I think m there was a guy called Martin Wolf who yes. I, who in fact gave me my first job on 702 back in 1980. And he was in New York and I think we spoke to him and we spoke to a member of a band as well. But for the life of me, hey, Kino, I'm getting old. I can hardly... <laughs> <laughs> my own name anymore. <laughs> now, Martin, you know, 16 years on, uh, the, the juxtaposition with where we find ourselves now as a world. Well, you're, you can see the effect that, that those attacks had. You yeah. know, from, from a week later, uh, when you got on board a plane, nothing was ever going to be the same again. Yes. The way that we were treated, the, the restrictions that are there upon us, the, the fear that pervades many societies that simply wasn't there before. Oh, and Martin, just just moving on to 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 Martin Bailey now. I mean, you know, people, 
Uh, I still see you know, the, the, the little photograph of you, uh, you know, as part of the initial campaign, the little devil With photograph. With my horns. Yes, that's right. <laughs> what are you up to these days? We know you're working at Radio Cornwall. You've been there for a couple of years now. Yeah. How's the UK treating you and the family? I was very lucky because we came over in 2002 and within six months I had established myself at this radio station and progressed through and I'm in a, a really close-knit management team now here at the radio station and still broadcast. I either broadcast usually the um, uh, late afternoon programme, so the drive programme, and in fact, tom- is it Friday today? It is. Yes. So tomorrow I'm doing, I'm setting in for one of our, our colleagues who's unwell at the moment, um, and I tend to do a lot more sitting in than I used to and a lot more managing, although I'm trying to get away from that, I have to say. I still love being on the air. You know what it's like. Once it's in the blood, you can't get rid of it, can you? Without a doubt. Without a doubt. So Cornwall, hey, let me make a note of that in management team (laughs) when I get bulleted to pick up phone and phone Martin. You wouldn't be the first person. Can I say hello quickly to the team that I worked with at the time, both then, before and after, and of course, that was producer Colin Cullis, uh, Denver, Apollos, who now has moved on to better things, and um, bless him, he was probably one of the driving forces behind that programme. Yes. In a way, he never even realised. I, I remember having the last visit I was over in South Africa and I visited Denver um, and I reminded him that uh, he'd recorded a piece for television. I think it was Top Billing we'd done a piece for. Yeah. And he turned to the camera and he said, you know, Mr. Bailey's so funny. Every morning he comes in, he has a cup of coffee, uh, he's whistling, he's singing, he goes to the toilet, he does the same thing every day. <laughs> so, Denver, I thought I'd remind you of that on air. Mike Wills, of course, was the man who said to me, you can work weekends on this radio station, Bales, and that was lovely. Um, and that progressed as, as is obvious. And, uh, and some of the great interviews and the great people, the listeners make Cape Talk, and I, could, I would be doing a disservice to the station if I didn't remind you of Roy and yes. hello, Morton, Morton. <laughs> and how much do I miss that voice? Indeed, indeed. Oh, man, what a blast from the past. Glad you're doing well and great to connect again, Martin. You take care. Love to everybody. Thank you very much. That, of course, the legend, Martin Bailey, now working at Radio Cornwall in management, but sometimes goes in there as well. It's nice.